Welcome to The Mortgage Life, a space for down-to-earth conversations about how mortgages contribute to your life. Well, that sounds canned and maybe a little boring. What? There are so many parts to the mortgage industry and real estate finance we can explore and share with our listeners. Okay, you're right. You're right, Mindy. Our goal is to help secure our clients' financial future. I'm Pete Salamosi. I'm Mindy Bodwin. And I'm Sue Salamosi. We're your hosts. Welcome to The Mortgage Life. I have been really excited for this conversation today. I think I've been talking to Sarah about coming on this on an episode for a while. We just didn't, it took us a while to figure out what to talk about. Well, and I love that you asked me. I do love it. So in, in our industry, we've got a few different prime type lenders and Sarah happens to work for one that is kind of under the classification of a monoline. So I thought you were going to say monorail for a second. I, every time I want to say monorail. Monochromatic. Monorail. <laughs> so to start off. Monoline. Sarah, can you... We have with us Sarah Allman from First National Financial. Sarah, would you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about where you've come from and your history in the industry. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. So I am an account manager for First National Financial. And my role at First National is to support mortgage brokers by sharing my knowledge of the mortgage industry. So I've been doing that with First Nat, First National, for about eight years. But I've been involved in the mortgage industry since 2003. And I started at First National. What year was that? 2015. 2015. 2015. The first time I met you, I think you were one of the first lender reps I actually went for lunch with when I became a broker at the young, young age of, what was I, 23? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Something like that. We went for lunch and you were, I remember you were like, I could never do the broker side. I can only do the, the lender side. And I think I'm opposite. I'm, I'm the other way around. I don't know if I could ever do the lender side. It's yeah. Interesting. And I'm, I'm very much, I could never do the broker side, but I do, which is fine because I really love what I do and I love First National. And we met when I actually worked for a different lender. So I've actually done this sort of role, managing a territory of mortgage brokers for a few other lenders over the years. And I actually started out like my first real job my first sort of official job was with a big, big bank. And that was my first sort of exposure into doing mortgages. And I remember at the time, it felt so like I felt so important. I had my business cards, I had an office, and you really sort of felt like, okay, this is it. You've got this big brand behind you Mm -hmm. that supports you. And I thought I was doing what was best for clients. But as my career progressed and as I moved on and as I got exposed to just this whole other world, it was very, very clear that there's life outside the banks. Mm -hmm. So you alluded to what you do. What do you do? All day, every day. All day, (laughs) all night. (laughs) I take calls from mortgage brokers. So I manage the BC Interior Territory, so the Okanagan, up to Prince George, the Kootenays, Kamloops as well. And so mortgage brokers are my clients. So as a mortgage broker, brokers have access to many different lenders. There's banks, there's credit unions, there's private lenders. You have a ton of options. And I work for one of those options. And First National is a monoline lender. We're also called mortgage finance companies, but mono meaning one. We specialize in mortgages. Monoline meaning you only work with mortgage brokers? We only offer a product. We only offer oh, mortgages as a product. And then we only, 
we have sort of a unique delivery system because you might not have, um, listeners might not have heard of First National and that's because we're not really a household name like the big five banks, but that's because like I mentioned, our delivery channel is pretty unique. We only get our business through licensed mortgage brokers. Okay. I was going to ask. So if Bob has a First National mortgage and Fred wants one, he can't just call the 1-800 number and apply for a mortgage through First Nat? He can. We're not going to turn away calls, but that's truly not our focus. We rely on, on an external sales force being mortgage brokers. The majority of the staff at our customer service center, they're meant to service the existing book of clients that we have. But of course, if a client calls, we're not going to turn that away. It just wouldn't make sense to fully turn it away. But we do, our focus truly is outsourcing business through mortgage brokers. So to contrast a monoline with a bank, typically the bank would have four areas or they typically call them four pillars, right? So they've got their deposit accounts, they have lending, they have insurance, and they have investments. So that's why this particular type of mortgage lender, monolines, are called monolines because they just have the one thing, which is lending, and specifically lending that's tied to properties. And what about credit unions? Are they sort of similar idea as the banks then, Pete, with the four pillars? Yeah, the credit unions and banks would be of that similar mindset where they're trying to provide an entire financial planning aspect to clients, whereas Sarah and Monolines, and there's a few different Monolines that you may not have heard of, but they are fairly large. They're only devoted to the one thing. So Sarah, let's turn it back to you. Like, What gives you guys an advantage over a bank when it comes to mortgage lending? Yeah, and I just, as we're talking about banks and credit unions, I just want to point out first, the Monoline lenders or mortgage finance companies, we are similar to the banks in the sense that we're highly regulated. It's just that um, how we access the business is different. We don't have branches like the banks do. Our sales staff is mortgage brokers. But with that being said, we do major business in Canada. And we all the monolines, not just First National, but even my competition, we represent a very significant portion of the Canadian mortgage market. Quick question, where do monolines get their money from then to lend out? Because from a bank or a credit union, a lot of it comes from deposit accounts or... Yeah, so just like Pete was saying, the banks and the credit unions, they take in deposits and then they lend out their money. So they're actually what's known as a balance sheet lender. So they're making their own decisions with their money. And I'm really simplifying this, but I feel like this really does the best sort of way of illustrating how we get our money. Mm -hmm. So while banks and credit unions have deposits, have savings, have demand accounts, they're turning around and lending out that money via mortgages and lines of credit and loans. Whereas a monoline, like First National, for example, there's no First National savings account. There's no First National TFSA and you can't deposit your paycheck into any sort of First National account. But it does beg the question, well, how do we fund billions of dollars over the year? And that answer is really simply put into some fancy financial engineering behind the scenes. But how I like to explain it is there's different investors behind the scenes that want to be involved in the mortgage market. And so it's sort of like we use their money. Now, to be very clear, when a client, or rather when a mortgage broker places a client with First National, it's a First National mortgage. Just, be have, just because we have these invest investors behind the scenes doesn't mean that it's some sort of multi-branded mortgage. It's nothing like that. It's just 
our business model is derived from cycling this money from investors. So how that impacts us as mortgage brokers, we don't really see when there's a different investor um, behind the scenes, but we do see it with some different interest rate offerings. Or policies. Policies. That's probably a better way to put it. We do see it with different policies for different products that come through the broker channel. My question is then, why why would we choose a bank versus a credit union versus a model line as our clients, as our listener base, our mortgage clients? I'd like to talk about the broker perspective on, on why we would offer one product over the other. What's your take on that, Sarah? One thing I'd like to point out as we get into this question is, it, it's sort of funny, um, whether you use a mortgage broker or not, you're likely benefiting from one in some sort of small way. And the reason for that is mortgage brokers keep lenders competing for the business. And so what that results in, better service, different products, more options, different rates. And so as far as when it makes sense for a client to be placed with First National. I want to be really clear. Every lender has different lending guidelines. So lending guidelines overall are not universal across all financial institutions. And that's sort of what makes brokers specifically so special is they have this accessibility to multiple lenders. And so the whole idea of seeing a mortgage broker really drives down to the fact that they meet one-on-one -on -one with a client, they evaluate their specific needs, and then they find a lender that best suits that client. So it really is, I refer to it as it's customized mortgage strategy. And it might be that a potential client maybe doesn't fit First National, and that's okay because you're a mortgage broker and you've got all these other options. And as far as what sets First National apart, Let's say from the banks specifically, I think that was one of the questions yeah. early on. <laughs> the thing that I love to share the most, that the true edge or a true benefit of using a monoline lender versus the banks is how we calculate penalties. So a major difference with mortgage finance companies like First National and the banks boils down to how we calculate mortgage penalties. And so mortgage penalties exist at every lender and they're a very sort of real part of having a mortgage. You sign a contract, and if you break that contract, then there's a penalty. But what clients don't seem to know is there is significant differences in how each lender calculates that penalty. And it's always been really funny to me because all of us lenders, we use the same language when it comes to describing penalties. And so you've often heard a mortgage penalty, especially on a fixed rate mortgage, the penalty will be three months of interest or the interest rate differential. The greater of. The greater of. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Whichever way the crocodile mouth is pointing, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I've always been confused about those crocodile mouths. I'm like, I, okay, which, which, is he eating the number? Never mind. <laughs> That's exactly how I remember it. Yes. He wants the bigger number. So eating the... Okay. Yes. And then sticking its tail at the, okay. The lender is the crocodile. <laughs> it's true. I have to admit, when my daughter brought home homework with the greater than less sign, <laughs> greater than less than, you're on your own, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for a future episode in which we talk about symbols. Crocodiles? And, and, and crocodiles or alligators. 
so where were we? That IRD, <laughs> that IRD, the interest rate differential. So simply put, that IRD is what is the financial institution losing by you paying out this mortgage more quickly than what they anticipated, than the contract that you signed. And again, there are such drastic differences from lender to lender. And what's important to note is it all depends on the actual calculation and what rates the lenders are using. So monoline lenders, we very much have a different rate structure than the banks. And it really comes down to how we operate our businesses. But what the result of that is, is a much higher IRD, interest rate differential penalty for a fixed rate customer of a bank versus a monoline. And we're not talking small potatoes here. It can be a drastic difference. Mm -hmm. And I really, I really like to talk about this. And part of the reason is, remember, I started my mortgage experience or my mortgage career at one of those banks, at a big blue bank. And oh, we've given a you know, color now. <laughs> There's hints all the way through this episode, like a scavenger hunt. <laughs> and when I was at that bank, clients would come to me and we talk about mortgages because I wanted to have mortgages. I wanted clients to see me for their mortgage, along with their accounts and their credit cards and oh, their so lines of credit. So you did do the, the kind of the broker side. Well, sort of I in a bank, not like an yeah. Yeah, so I took applications. Right. So I guess that was similar right. to a mortgage broker. Yeah. <laughs> and when clients would come to me and when we start talking about penalties, something I would do, I would say, well, a penalty is a penalty, which is a penalty. It's going to be the same no matter where you go. And I thought I was saying the right thing because I had blinders on mm-hmm. and I was a good employee. I wasn't trying to mislead anybody, but it wasn't until I got exposed to the mortgage broker market that I truly understood the nuances the penalty calculation, the penalty itself, it is a deciding factor on their financial situation, whether or not they decide to transfer their mortgage, pay out their mortgage for a better interest rate, depends on how big that penalty is. I had a client last week who was considering locking in, considering out taking a little bit of money, and we went through the steps, but when it came down to it, the penalty calculation was too high. It didn't, it, it would have ended up being a wash. It wouldn't have really saved any money by going through the process. And so it was the penalty that was the deciding factor. I have to say as well that this comes back to a lot of the conversations that we've had about rate and about the interest rate. Interest rate is one factor that we as brokers would take into account when we're placing you with a particular lender. But the, the overall picture just like your overall financial picture should include a bunch of different things. The overall picture is what is the total cost? So we like to focus on the cost and part of that cost is the potential for a high payout penalty. So you have to weigh rate and all the other factors that come into a mortgage. And timeline, right? And and timeline. Yeah. So can I just quickly, one of the things that Sarah said that I feel like should be our new tagline. Sorry. <laughs> Customized mortgage solution. So that is such an all-encompassing, succinct way of explaining what it is that we strive to do with every single file. And like Pete just said, with the interest rate, how many times do you guys get a phone call and the first question out of the client's mouth is, you know, what kind of rates do you have right now? (laughs) I'm like, how long do you want to own for? You know, what sort of a down payment are you comfortable with? What's your credit history like? What kind of property are you buying? Where are you buying? You know, it's just... There's so many factors that go into your customized mortgage solution. 
<laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> One thing I think is really cool um, about having First National on the podcast today is, Mindy, you do a lot of business in the Yukon, and you have only two lenders that will work with mortgage brokers in the Yukon and First National is one of them. Yeah, well, First National is the only monoline lender in Canada that will still go into the Yukon. When I started brokering 12 years ago, there was three. Uh, now there's one. So thank you, First National, for keeping me slightly more competitive. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, one of the things where I'm very, I am very passionate about using a mortgage broker, but it's because you're not handcuffed to one institution. And mm -hmm. as much as First National would like to help, you know, every client, we can't and, and we don't because we have our certain lending guidelines and so many different factors can play into that. So not just the client's situation, but just like what you were saying, Mindy, property types or location. And that's where mortgage brokers really sort of get their sparkle is because you've got all these options and that's, that's what makes a mortgage broker special. I promise you we did not pay Sarah to butter us up, but I am susceptible to flattery. Sarah, I'm going to give you a quick fire, maybe a few quick fire questions because I think it's kind of interesting. So in terms of the type of borrower and the type of application that you guys want to see, is a monoline, is that the kind, is it, is it like a prime lender, B lender, alternate lender? What are you? I always, it's, it's funny. So mortgage brokers will often ask this question, especially when they're getting to know First National. And sometimes I find I sort of um, pigeonhole myself and because my answer is we do like prime clients and marketable properties, but that's not to say that we don't have other solutions for clients. I do want to point out though, that property types are very important to First National. Um, I know we've kind of talked about that already with, with Mindy, but I often use this example and again, I almost, I almost hesitate to use this example, but especially when I'm meeting with newer brokers, I'll say, if there's anything unique about the property and picture in your head, just a house in a normal subdivision in Vernon or Kamloops or Cranbrook, just a normal house. If you've got something outside of that, make sure you mention it to us up front because that's how we're going to determine right away if, if this is going to be a fit for us. And I know that sounds like such a vague way, oh, not a normal house in a cul-de-sac, but it's when you get these unique aspects, like the mobile homes, it's a little bit different. Log homes, a little bit different. Acreages, a little bit different. And it's not to say that we don't have a fit for that, but once we know that we're dealing with that sort of that sort of property, it may affect on how we underwrite that deal and how we approve that deal. Keep saying the word unique, and I I want to go unique New York. <laughs> Me too. Um, but it, it comes down to our conversation up front with the clients, right? Like the broker getting to know the borrower. So when we're having a conversation with our clients, with the people who are wanting to borrow the money to our listeners of this podcast, we are going to ask a lot of questions. Hey, so with something like uh, a monoline, if a client wants to make any changes or do anything, how would they make those changes? Like if there's no brick and mortar location, how do you guys service these clients? So we don't have traditional branches, like again, what you're sort of used to, but everything that we do can be done online through a client portal so they can manage their mortgage effectively online. And of course we have 1-800 numbers and call centers, but our secret weapon again is that mortgage broker. So if you've been placed with First National, you would have been placed there by a mortgage broker and that's still your broker. You can contact your broker to get information 
they can help you with accessing the information from First National. I really highly encourage clients to get signed up online. And if you're at all used to the World Wide Web by this point, then World you- Wide <laughs> Web. Ooh, Sarah, you just dated yourself. I don't think anyone calls it the World Wide Web anymore. <laughs> I think. But we if, call it the interwebs. <laughs> if you are savvy with technology, I really encourage clients to sign up so they can manage their mortgage online because while they have the mortgage broker to help, I truly believe that you need to be empowered. You need to take control of your situation and by managing your mortgage online is how you do that. I have to say that I love the portal that First National has in terms of making changes it seems super easy and, and the clients have had a lot of positive feedback on that. But the other thing that I really do love is I love for the clients that don't want to deal with it. I love the ability to be able to advocate on the client's behalf because for some people that just want to be hands off, they give us a call or they send us an email and they say, hey, this is what I want to do. We can do that for you. And it just takes a little bit of that burden off. So so nice to have those options. Small small thing I want to mention here. We can't do that without permission. Yeah. yeah. So when if we when we place clients with First National, we get them to sign a broker consent form that gives us access to customer service, and then we can have those conversations and assist. We won't do anything without your go ahead. <laughs> Thanks for mentioning that, Zoo. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny because I think that's, and I don't know if this is misinformation from long ago, but again, when I was that in-branch person at the bank, when clients would come to me and they were considering going with me at the bank or a mortgage broker, one of the things that I would say to sell against the broker was, you only use that broker for that one transaction. You don't have them for the life of your mortgage. I'm always going to be here. And this big five bank that's the largest in Canada is always going to be here to support you. And so that was one of the things. And clients would believe me. And it's just, it's so not true. That's that's part of our sales proposition, I suppose. And I don't like calling it sales because what we do, I see, is more of a personalized service. Service, absolutely. But part of what we do is that we're still your broker after the mortgage closes. We continue to be your broker and offer the service. That's why we're doing this podcast, this education series on you know what, what it is that we do as mortgage brokers, how we can help our clients and how we can help our clients and, and then manage that book of business moving forward. Well, and I think in the mortgage world, we're really fortunate in that we have access to big five banks, some of them. We have access to a lot of fantastic monoline lenders, and we've got all sorts of other lenders. But it begs a question, something that you brought up, Sarah, as you said, you know, this big five bank is always going to be here. How do we know First National is always going to be there? What's the sustainability there? Well, we've been here for 35 years, and we've grown from, I think it was four employees to 1,600, and we have $131 billion in mortgages under administration. Wow. We're not going anywhere. Awesome. It's a lot of mortgages. It is. Yeah. It's a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, do you have any final thoughts or comments? Did we miss anything in our conversation? You know, when we were talking about rates and how rate is obviously an important part of the mortgage decision, I just, I really want to say it can't be the deciding factor. And I have a quote that I, that I always use, and it's the lowest rate and the wrong strategy can end up costing more than a slightly higher rate and the right strategy. And I heard that years ago when I started at First National and I couldn't think of something that more aptly describes it because 
Rate's important, and I'm not trying to suggest it's not, but you really need to understand the terms and conditions of where you're being placed for your mortgage. I mean, it is the biggest, most likely it's going to be the biggest purchase of your life. This is The Mortgage Life. We look forward to continuing the conversation. So come back and listen. 